We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures, visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, Daniel, do you think physicists and scientists will ever come up with some equation that just describes everything, the whole thing? You know, like one line of, uh, one line of symbols that just that sums up the entirety of all of existence. The whole universe on a t-shirt. I'm sort of of two minds about it. Like, one, I would love for that to happen because it means it would be a singular achievement in human intellectual history, you know, mm-hmm. to like actually unravel all of the mysteries of the universe. Wait, which part? To come up with it or to put it on the t-shirt? <laughs> um, yeah, to get down to the base layer of knowledge and reveal like the source code of the universe. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, that would kind of mean physics is over, right? Like that's the fundamental goal of physics. And if we get there and then we're done, like what are we going to do? So, you know, we have a whole raft of physicists becoming cartoonists or something. So be careful. <laughs> so your fear is that you'll be unemployed. <laughs> That's right. Don't work too hard, you know. If you get too productive, then, you know, you'll work yourself out of a job. That's exactly con- the concern. Maybe you'll just take a little bit extra time to figure it out. That's right. I'll figure out the theory of everything, and then I'll just keep it in a drawer <laughs> in my office. Right. And, and then the day then, before you retire, you're like, ta-da! Boom! Nobel Prize, please. Before I die, quickly. (laughs) Let's put Daniel out of a job. Let's make this physicist unemployed. Hi, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. And this is our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe where we take the entire universe and we roll it up into a burrito so you can eat it for lunch. Or put it on your (laughs) t-shirt. That's right. Our goal is to take everything in the universe and make it so that you can actually understand it. 
We're not eager to have you feel like you're in the presence of a great scientist hearing things you'll never really understand. We want to break things down so you can really understand them. You know, explain them to your grandma or that fat uncle at family reunions. That's the goal of this podcast. Or show off to your coworkers at the next uh, water cooler break. Yeah, or point out that they actually don't understand what they're talking about, because you do. Because you listen to this awesome podcast. (laughs) Today on the podcast, we're going to tackle the biggest question in human knowledge, right? That's right. The most fundamental, the deepest, the biggest question in human intellectual uh, history. What is that question, Jorge? Is it possible for humans to know everything? (laughs) Do you mean to know everything? Like, where is that sock I lost in the eighth grade? (laughs) Yeah, everything. Some formula that tells you where that sock (laughs) went, you know? No, a theory of everything does not include location of all lost socks. That's impossible, right? Then we could just end the podcast right now because that's just impossible. No, a theory of everything tries to describe the way things work, right? They can't possibly explain all the details of everything that has happened because there's a lot of chaos there. Mm. But, you know, a theory of everything tries to say we understand the way everything works. We have a system that explains it. Even the things we don't see or we can't see. That's right. It would have to be a theory of everything. It would have to be something that describes the universe at the deepest level. You know, sort of like the the end of our quest to take the universe apart into its tiny little bits. To understand it at every level. That's right. Yeah. To have a theory which from which anything can be derived, right? Mm. All of physics and biology and chemistry and economics and everything would just be... The emergent phenomena that flow naturally from this one fundamental theory. And then we'll know everything, basically, right? (laughs) Except for where those thoughts are. (laughs) Yeah, so I went out and I asked people, do you think it's possible, given the fullness of time and a bunch of geniuses in the future, that physics could eventually describe everything, explain everything in a single formula that goes onto a t-shirt? Do you think there's a theory of everything? Here's what people had to say. Yes. Yeah, you have great confidence uh, in physics. Yeah, with due time, I think research will elucidate everything that we're looking for. Like, I'm religious, I'm a Christian, so I believe that there are some things that God made that just can't be described by, you know, sciences, so that's just what I believe in. Cool. I think it could happen. What uh, gives you such confidence? It's math, and it, math, in essence, can describe everything. So, in theory... We can use math to describe everything. I think eventually um, that can happen, but it's going to take a long time and lots of work. All right, so some people felt pretty confident in physicists. I know those people, I love those people. They also sort of terrified me. You know, (laughs) I really appreciate they're like, well, physics has figured a bunch of stuff out. So I'm sure given enough time, they'll figure it out, you know, Mm. like uh, and the guy who said, like, math describes everything. So, of course, that's kind of cool. But also it's a lot of pressure, you know, like if you feel like, well, physics can figure everything out, then all you have to do is sit in your office with pencil and paper and eventually all the answers in the universe will come to you. You know, it's... um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of pressure. So uh, I appreciate those people having so much faith in us. But um, it's, you know, if we do figure out a theory of everything, it's still a lot of work. You want to leave a little bit of room for like, hey, maybe we won't do it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, and some people, some people definitely felt like it's impossible. Yeah. Right? No, uh, there's a gap. There are things that humanity can never understand. You know, and there was the one guy who thought, 
well, God created some things that cannot be understood. Right. And there's some people who just thought humans are not smart enough, <laughs> you know. Um, and maybe he's been, he'd been watching too many political talk shows or something, which, mm. you know, I might be of the same opinion if you watch enough of those things. So it's like people generally had faith in physicists, but not in human beings in general. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, and maybe those people don't realize that physics is just people, right? Physics is just people thinking. Um, there's no like deep physics that's absent of humanity, right? Oh. Everything we do in physics is a model inside our head, our attempt to understand the universe, but it's always going to be inherently human, right? It's nothing extra human about it. Oh, you don't think people like Einstein had some sort of extra capacity than most people? Oh, no, I think Einstein was a super duper human, but mm. we're all human, right? And we think about the universe in a certain way. We perceive it in a certain way. Uh, things make sense to us in a certain way. I mean, imagine if we met alien scientists, right? Mm. What fraction of our human physics would be understandable to them? Skip over the part where we have to, like, develop a common language and, you know, agree not to kill each other. And, you know, you got a bunch of the best alien physicists in a room and a bunch of the best human physicists in a room. Mm. Everybody's wearing the same lab coat and, you know, start comparing notes. Wow. How does that go? Well, I think that's a really deep question. I think probably we would learn more about the way the human mind works, like the human mind, than the way the universe works, because I'm sure a lot of the theories we've built reflect the way we think and feel. Do you think it would be sort of like if we got together with a bunch of chimpanzees and we're like, hey, guys, let's talk physics? <laughs> how would that, you know, how that would go? And you, they would be trying to explain to them quantum physics and it just they just wouldn't be intellectually capable of grasping it, right? Even if you could speak their language. Yeah, they would probably just be throwing throwing poop at us <laughs> while we were talking about <laughs> yeah. quantum physics. Which, you know, I think I've had that experience in the classroom, you know, <laughs> um, lecturing to a bunch of people who are just totally uninterested. Never actually got to the throwing poop um, part of the equation. But uh, sometimes I do feel like people aren't interested. Did you just call your students a bunch of chimps? <laughs> <laughs> None of my current students, of course. No, they're all, they're all, they're all awesome. very, very Previous students. Yeah, they're wonderful. No, it's not a question of whether the aliens are smarter than us. Mm. I just think that the theories we've come up with as humans are going to be indelibly human. You know, they are a product of a human mind and they cannot be separated from that. So I think it's until we meet alien physicists, until we find another intelligence with different set of biases and perspective and, and fundamental thought structure, mm. that we can learn what about the physics we've developed is just human and what of it is actually fundamental and, and inescapable. It could be that we were seeing everything in the wrong way, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Everything we've learned is filtered through our experience, our consciousness, right? So we have these few senses. If you have a different set of senses, you experience the universe differently. You think very differently about the way the universe might be structured. I mean, there's a lot of deeply flawed sci-fi movies which touch on this really important issue, like Arrival, right? You know, yeah. the aliens in Arrival think about time differently. And so I'm sure their physics is built in a completely different way. Mm. Ours is built on our limited experience. That's right, yeah, mm. absolutely. And a limited, very limited grant funding. <laughs> well, let's break it down. What does it actually mean to have a theory of everything? Yeah. Does it mean an equation? Does it mean a set of uh, axioms, you know, or statements? Or does it mean like a little computer to which you can input anything and it'll tell you what the universe would do? Yeah, and it doesn't mean something which will tell you where your lost socks are, right? Um, <laughs> then what's the point? <laughs> then why are we even doing this, man? Um, yeah, the entire physics enterprise is just to help you find lost socks. Um, in my view, a theory of everything would be a set of equations mm -hmm. that describe the way the universe works at its most fundamental level, meaning that from that, 
anything else can be explained. You know, take, for example, our current understanding of chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. Molecules interacting, etc. Now, can you use that to explain hurricanes, right? Or weather or, you know, the solar system. Our current laws of physics and chemistry can explain things that are larger, emergent phenomena that arise from those more fundamental aspects, right? So Mm -hmm. that works. Uh, So when you say explain, you actually mean like uh, we see something and then we can go back to your magic formula and your magic formula would say, oh yeah, I can see how that came to be. Or if I run it, then we get the same result. That's right. Or you can encode those rules into a simulation and predict exactly what's going to happen. Or you can be super smart and do it in pencil and paper and say, these equations predict that hurricanes will happen or these equations predict that planets will orbit the sun in this way. All these things that we see, that we experience, these are emergent phenomena, right? Mm -hmm. They are higher level events that arise out of deeper, lower level rules, right? So what's actually happening, you know, when, for example, you throw a baseball, is all those particles are moving in tandem and there's all this quantum field theory that's happening um, while that happens. And, you know, you can describe the way baseball moves using a very simple parabolic formula. That parabolic formula can be derived from the lower level set of rules, so it's sort of like a, a, an onion. You know, we think about theories of the universe in, in layers. It's like equations that describe the way things work at the macroscopic level, you know, mm-hmm. baseballs. Then there's equations that describe how things work at the atomic level. And then there's equations that describe the way things work at the quark level or the, the electron level, right? And so the idea is a theory of everything would be the lowest level, would be one mm-hmm. from which everything else could be derived in principle. It's like the rules at the very, 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 very center of the onion. Exactly. Uh, If the universe is a simulation, right, then this would be like Mm -hmm. the source code of that simulation. It would be the basic rules for which everything results. Mm. It's like you can have a rule about economics in macroeconomics. uh, You know, people respond to their best interests or they go for the lowest price. That's a good theory and it describes this complex phenomenon, but it doesn't actually tell you the most basic thing that's going on. That's right. And the most basic thing that's going on is, you know, a bunch of particles are sloshing around inside their head, you know, and you can describe it at different levels. You can describe it at the particle level, which is very cumbersome because there's so many particles that doing those kind of calculations would be almost impossible. Or you can describe it at the biochemical level, you know, uh, these dopamine and this sort of uh, neurotransmitter and all these things are happening. A lot of these things you can describe at lots of different levels and you pick the level that's most appropriate, right? You want to solve a problem involving a baseball, you're going to do a simple parabolic calculation. You're not going to go with a heavy hitting quantum field theory calculation, right? Mm -hmm. But the theory of everything in principle could derive anything else, right? Right. You can derive those laws of parabolic motion from the deepest level, from the core of the onion. So that's the goal, the theory of everything. Mm -hmm. Describe everything that happens in terms of the smallest, most fundamental units. Well, I think an uh, even bigger question is, how do you even know such a thing is possible? Like, how do you know that everything can be described by one equation or two equations or three equations, right? Like, what makes a thing it's possible to even understand everything. I know, it seems like hubris, right? Like somebody ate a bunch of mushrooms and had a vision and now they're like, (laughs) yes, I saw it, man. Like the universe makes sense, man. Um, Right, so it's either a weed-filled dream or enormous hubris. Um, What makes us think it's possible is that we're making steady progress, you know? Mm. Um, I think about the way the world used to be a total mystery to people, you know, thousands of years ago. So much about everyday life was a mystery. 
And, you know, we've cracked a lot of those nuts, you know, everything that we thought was strange or mysterious, or we had to attribute to some bizarre God with, um, you know, unknown motives, we've understood in terms of natural phenomena that which follow rules. So for some reason, we don't understand, it appears that the universe follows a set of rules, and those rules are fairly constant. And so we can discover them by experimenting and tinkering and trying stuff. And humans seem to have the capability, the mathematical, the logical, the scientific capability to reveal these rules and then, you know, use them for good or evil. Right. Uh, so you're saying you have faith in physicists and humans. <laughs> I have some faith. I mean, look at what, look at what we have accomplished. Right? <laughs> look upon my great, or what's the line? <laughs> look upon my works, ye mighty <laughs> yeah. and despair. No, I love that poem, Ozymandias, because it's both positive and negative, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. be jealous of what I've accomplished because you are so small. Or if you think you're so great, remember that I was once great and have now fallen into dust. Mm. Um, yeah, so it may be that future physics looks at us and, and says <clears throat> they accomplished nothing. Mm. But uh, I would say what makes us think it's possible is that we're making steady progress. I mean, the kind of things we understand about the universe now are incredible compared to what we understood 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 5,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. But is there maybe a limit? And uh, let's get into it. But first, let's take a quick break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow. 
How have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal for three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15, bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash universe that's mintmobile.com slash universe cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe 45 dollars upfront payment required equivalent to 15 dollars a month new customers on first three-month plan only slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see Mint Mobile for details So my favorite thing about a theory of everything is its acronym, its initials, T-O-E. So really, <laughs> when you're talking about the theory of, of the universe, you're talking about the universe's big toe, right? Right. Such a grand idea humbled by its acronym. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a great um, PR move there by physicists. No. No, we have to find that secret uh, circle of scientists who are in charge of naming this stuff because they got some real work to do. I mean, I got notes, let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, the particles got ridiculous names. The theory of everything is a silly name. I don't even know what the history of it is. Like, who was the first person to say theory of everything? Yeah, I, don't know. I know that Einstein was one of the first people to like seriously go after it. Well, of course, he didn't make much progress. Why not the everything theory? <laughs> E.T., right? Better. The everything theory. Yeah, I like that. All right. Mm. Um, you should uh, file a trademark for that. <laughs> You'll get one penny every time somebody says it. <laughs> we talked about what it means to say a theory of everything and what it could be and why we think one is possible. So what, what do we know? Like, why isn't what we know now a, a good theory of everything? What makes us think that we don't have it yet? Right. Well, uh, we do know a lot. We've learned a lot about the universe. And one thing that persuades us that things might be understandable, that there might be a simple theory of everything, is that we've been making a lot of progress, as I've been saying, but it's more than that. Every time we peel back a layer of reality and see what's underneath, the description that's beneath it is simpler, right? Mm. The, the level of complexity required to describe the universe keeps getting simpler and simpler. Like, you know, for example, think about the objects in the universe. You want to describe everything in the universe. So there's like an infinite number of kinds of things, right? There's gas and stars and hamsters and ice cream and, and llamas and cartoonists and all this stuff. And you can explain all of that using 100 basic building blocks, periodic table. Mm. You can explain the periodic table, everything that's in that, using just quarks and leptons, right? You can build any atom out of, out of just quarks and leptons. So the number of pieces you need to describe basically everything we've encountered keeps getting smaller. So, so to me, that's progress. You were asking earlier, like, why do we think that this is possible? How do we know we get there? So we're making this progress, and I feel like, how will we know we get there when we get to the simplest possible theory? You know, a, a theory that has the smallest number of bits and the smallest number of parameters and has no hanging questions, no room to say, well, why this and not that? Or why these two different things instead of just one thing? Mm. So when you can simplify it no longer, that's how you know you got there. So it's kind of about the number of ingredients that we think things are made out of, kind of, right? We went from 100 elements in the periodic table of elements to like an electron and small particles, you're saying that maybe one day we'll get to one particle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you go from infinity to 100 to three, the next step is just two and one, right? 
Right. Yeah, the goal is to get to one, right? And uh, the deepest goal in particle physics is to simplify the universe and explain it in terms of just one thing. And I've just had like a sort of a personal epiphany, which is I realized that one of the reasons that physics appeals to me so much is this attempt to simplify. Like in my life, I'm always trying to simplify everything. Like, can I get this simplified? Can I explain all these two different things in terms of just one thing? Can mm. I just send one email to everybody? Is there a rule that you know, it kind of tells me how to live my whole life. <laughs> yeah. How do I respond to a party invite? Or, you know, is there a strategy for making small talk in, that works in any situation? Yeah, I, mean, right. I would love that. Is that what example, you mean? Right? Like you're, you're always trying to look for the underlying rules of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want the theory of every conversation, right? I want to know how to handle, how to navigate a party conversation yeah. no matter what happens. That would be a fantastic theory. Hopefully you'll figure it out before you start a podcast or something. <laughs> a conversational right. podcast. Oops, too late. <laughs> is there a basic building block of the universe out of which everything is built? I mean, because right now we have 12 basic building blocks, so we're definitely not there, right? Okay. We have six quarks and six leptons. Only three of those 12 particles are ever used to make atoms. Mm -hmm. And those 12 particles don't even describe like the dark matter and everything else that's out there in the universe. So not only do we know there are other particles that we haven't discovered, Mm -hmm. but we also have questions about these particles, like why are there so many? Oh, I see. So it'd be great to narrow that down. So you're saying that we think there might be a theory of everything because there's plenty of Still, stuff still left to explain, basically, right? Like we're we're not there yet because there's a lot we haven't explained. That's right. We're not there yet, and we've been making steady progress. And at every stage, things get simpler. And so we suspect that if we keep cracking the nut, then we'll get simpler and simpler nuts until eventually, maybe we'll get down to the one thing that it built everything else is built out of, mm. and that would explain everything. The peanut of the universe. <laughs> God, if we find that particle and somebody names it peanut, I'm going to blame <laughs> you for that, Jorge. <laughs> That's right. It's because the, then there's going to be the anti-peanut, you know, peanut onium, you know, yeah. bound states of peanuts, and mm-hmm. oh man, it's going to be a disaster. But you know, that's not the whole story, right? There's particles, but there's, then there's also forces. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think a theory of everything would look like? Like, like it'd be like everything is made out of the peanut, and the peanut can be form a, an electron if it stacks up this way, or it can form a quark if it stacks up this other way. Basically, like the idea of the peanut and how it stacks up and how it gives rise to everything we see around us, that would be sort of like the theory of everything. Yeah, well, the current form, what we use for to describe the deepest level of nature that we currently know is quantum field theory. And quantum field theory works by describing the fields and the way the fields interact with each other. So the fields give us the particles because particles are excited states of these fields. Mm -hmm. And then the way the fields interact with us give us forces. And so currently, you can describe everything we know about particle physics just by describing these fields and and how they interact with each other. And so that we can write down in a single equation, it's called a Lagrangian. And -hmm. from that Lagrangian, we can derive all the rules of how everything works, how everything interacts with each other. And from that, you get electrons and quarks and atoms. Everything comes from this one equation, the Lagrangian. But of course... There are problems with it. As we said earlier, there's a bunch of different kinds of fields, you know, which generate all these different particles. Mm -hmm. And not everything is described by this Lagrangian. So that's what it would look like, I think, if it turns out that quantum fields are the fundamental building block of the universe. But, you know, nobody really believes that. But aren't aren't we saying that maybe there's just one field that maybe results in these other multiple fields? That's right. Or like these these other fields are just combinations of, of maybe one fundamental field. Exactly. If 
quantum field theory is the right way to think about the universe, then a theory of everything as a quantum field theory would be a single field. Yeah, and it could interact with itself, and that could give all sorts of interesting stuff. Um. In coming up with quantum field theories, we've made a lot of progress in bringing together lots of different kinds of things to describe them in terms of just one thing. You know, for example, we used to think of electricity and magnetism as completely different things. You know, electricity mm. was like zapping stuff, and magnetism was these weird rocks that pushed away each other or attracted each other until people figured out, oh, actually, electricity and magnetism are two sides of the same coin. They go hand in hand. They're like the same field. Yeah. They're just two parts of the, they're two manifestations of the same field, right? Mm hmm. So the goal is to get it down to like a theory with one field. Let's call it the peanut field. <laughs> and to be Please able to say. Let's not call it <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'm on board with the peanut field. Let's I, do it. Let's describe the universe into so we got the peanut and we got the toe. We got the mixed metaphors yeah, here, Jorge. Peanuts and toes. Is the universe a peanut or is it a toe? <laughs> Maybe you can eat peanuts with your toes. <laughs> And then you wouldn't need socks. So, hey, that solves all of our problems. Let's leave folks with that visual and then take a quick break <laughs> while you think about eating peanuts with your toes. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place, full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. 
Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. All right. So we were talking about the theory of everything and currently we have quantum fields and we were saying that a theory of everything, if it was described using quantum fields, would be a single field Mm -hmm. and that field would generate all the particles because they would be excited states of that field and it would describe the way those particles interact with each other and and form other sorts of bound states, which would be more complex things like electrons and everything would be made out of these one fundamental particle, which came from this field. The peanut. The peanut field, exactly, (laughs) yes. What's interesting is that you're saying that even if we have, let's say, in the future, 20 years from now, um, you know, I discovered the peanut field and it describes all the other fields that we know about right now. Mm -hmm. You're saying we still wouldn't know if that was it. If that was like the ultimate theory. Well, it's hard to know for sure. Mm-hmm. When you're done. That something is the ultimate theory. Right. I mean, say we have the peanut field and it solves all the open problems in physics and Jorge goes and collects like five Nobel Prizes for discovering this thing, right? Mm-hmm. It unifies quantum mechanics and gravity and it explains everything we know and dark matter and all that stuff. It tells us what happened at the Big Bang. Right, exactly. Whether we're in a multiverse. Right. And this is totally possible, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have that theory, you write it on a piece of paper and... You're going to have questions about that theory, right? Like, say, for example, the theory has a number in it, you know, um, because all of all of our theories currently have numbers in it, you know, like the speed of light or there's basic physical units. But then there's also sometimes just numbers like one or four or two or pi or whatever. And you have to wonder, like, what do those numbers mean? Do those numbers reveal something deep about the universe, right? Mm. Like if your peanut theory has the number, you know, five in it, then that tells you that the universe is fundamentally like five-ish in some way. And what does that mean? And that's a question, right? Like, why does the theory of the everything have the number five in it? Yeah, exactly. But does it have to have a number? What if my theory is so pure and amazing and abstract that it just doesn't have any numbers in it? Right, exactly. So your peanut theory has the number five in it. And then a few years later, some clever scientist comes along with her theory that has no arbitrary numbers in it, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, actually, my theory is simpler than Professor Jorge's theory. And so um, he's got to deliver me all of his Nobel Prizes. And so, you know, that's how we judge theories. We judge them by their simplicity. And that's sort of what I was talking about earlier. Like, it's our human desire to explain the universe in terms of a simple set of rules, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe aliens think about things differently and they don't look for one single equation to describe everything or a simplest equation. Or maybe what what they think is beautiful is a huge chaotic mess of an equation. And for some reason, that really satisfies their itch to understand the universe, right? Mm. I think there must be something deeply human about this whole process. And it's a bias we can't see because we've only ever talked to humans about it. Interesting. Like maybe aliens are happy with its, this crazy theory that explains where socks are and, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it's not reductive. It's maybe just like super complicated. Yeah. Because it exactly. explains all the that, little things. Exactly. That could be, it could very well be. And they could be like, you guys are totally wasting your time. <laughs> I don't even know why you care. Right. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's another possibility uh, we haven't even talked about, which is that there is no deepest level, right? It could be that it goes on forever. Whoa, Things whoa, just whoa. get smaller and smaller and like particle A is made out of little bits of B and, and then you can make Bs out of little bits of C and C is made out of little bits of D. And okay, so I shouldn't be on the particle physics PR naming <laughs> committee, obviously, because I can't come up with clever stuff on the top of my head, but it could just go on forever. But then wouldn't it stop at P for peanut? <laughs> I mean, uh, absolutely. Yes. But, but I mean, is what could be smaller than the unit one? You know what I mean? Like, what could be more fundamental than one than one field and one particle? You can't split one, right? If you discover at some level that everything in the universe could be described in terms of one field, that's great. But where does that field come from, right? Mm. Is that field the fundamental thing in the universe? It was like the first thing made, the first thing coded in the simulation, or? Is it itself an emergent phenomena from something simpler? Just because there's only one kind of particle doesn't mean it's not made out of little bits of another kind of particle, oh, right? It could be made out of two halves of something else. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. You know, two units of, uh, of sub-peanuts you know, <laughs> um, that come together to make the glorious peanut. Or you're you know? saying it could be sort of infinitely divisible. You mean like, you know, like peanut butter. Like maybe the universe doesn't have a peanut <laughs> in the God. middle. It's just this continuous... Yummy, smooth. <laughs> I think in the future you should have lunch before we record these podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, it could be, right? It certainly could be. Although it seems so far, everything we understand about the universe is that it seems to be quantized. Mm. You know, that at the smallest level, everything is quantized. So we think that particles or quantized excitations of quantum fields um, rule the day. But, mm. you know, it could be that as you get deeper, that uh, you get some sort of um, scale invariant matter that looks the same no matter how close you get up to it, right? That it doesn't resolve into tiny little bits. It's just infinitely smooth. Yeah, that could totally be a possibility. Mm. Well, you got into an, an interesting idea a little bit before, which is why do we even want the theory of everything? Is it really going to help us cure cancer or is it really going to solve global warming if we figure out these super quantum fields? What's motivating us as a species to look for these simplifications? I can't believe that an artist, a cartoonist, is demanding practical, immediate benefits <laughs> for my for my <laughs> profession. Excuse me. You didn't even mention the possibility that there could be like a, a deep human need to understand, you know, mm. that it adds to the experience of being human to reveal mysteries of the universe, right? It doesn't need to necessarily give you a better widget, right, or cure cancer. It's just, for me at least, it's a deep desire to understand the, the world around me. I mean, I don't know if it comes out of evolution desires to understand how things work so I can like better protect myself from a saber-toothed tiger or something. Mm -hmm. But humans have a deep desire to understand the way things work, to reveal the rules and manipulate them. And so I just really want to understand. And, you know, of course, along the way, like funding for basic research has always yielded tremendous technological advancements. I mean, we wouldn't be recording this podcast if it wasn't for funding for basic research. So I can sing the praises of basic research um, for decades because of all the spinoff it's generated incidentally, accidentally, right? Not intentionally. Mm. But fundamentally, the reason we want to do it is just because we have this deep desire to know, right? To understand the way the universe works. I mean, mm. if somebody told you, hey, Jorge, I have the theory of everything. Do you want to know it? You wouldn't be like, piss off, I'm, I'm, I'm busy making a peanut butter sandwich, right? Right. That would be an important moment. That would be like a deep thing to understand. So we've made a lot of progress in understanding the theory of everything. You know, mm -hmm. um, we have boiled down matter into 12 particles. 
We have described all the forces in terms of just a few. You know, we unified electricity and magnetism. And then we also unified that with the weak nuclear force. So we have one force that's called the electroweak force. It describes mm. electricity and magnetism and the weak force. We still have the strong nuclear force, which we haven't understood how to put together with the other ones, right? Mm. And then we still have gravity, which is a whole other mystery. We can talk about right. a whole other podcast, which resists all efforts to give it a quantum description and unify it with everything. And even Einstein was not able to bring gravity to heal. Um, and then, of course, there's lots of things in the universe we don't understand, which are not described by these bits. Mm. So we made a lot of progress in understanding, but we still have a lot to go. So your basic message is keep physicists employed. Is that the kind of That's right. public service? Pump that you're... funding into physics. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's worthwhile, people. We've got a long way to go. People think that we, scientists have everything figured out. You know, we can have these amazing phones and amazing technologies and airplanes and rockets. You know, people sort of assume that why, why do we need more physics? But there could be a whole lot of amazing things ahead of us, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, folks a thousand years ago who were surrounded by mysteries, there's a lot of opportunities there for scientists to explain the way things work. These days, it's pretty unusual. If you walk down the street, for you to see something that you don't think has a scientific explanation, right? Like very few people see miracles or ghosts or things that they think are outside of the realm of science. And that used to be every day, and now it's like pretty rare. I mean, people go to magic shows just to have that experience, right? Mm. Um, but but there are lots of things that we still don't understand. They're not things that appear in your everyday life. They're at the particle level or the tiny little level or the cosmic scale. But there are huge questions about the universe that we, we still have to unravel. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed dipping your toes into this topic. <laughs> Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this slice of everything and peanuts. And peanut butter. <laughs> the peanut butter theory of the universe. It's spreading. <laughs> it's really jiffy. <laughs> See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.